Today continues our series on marriages of the Bible. And I think this is my favorite lesson so far. So far we've talked about Adam and Eve. We've talked about Abraham and Sarah. And today we're going to talk about Isaac and Rebekah. And one of the things that we find, and you'll see it in the subtitle of this lesson if you have a bulletin, that it is entitled A Marriage of Failed Communication. One of the things that Isaac and Rebecca struggled with the most was their communication with one another. We see it was something that affected their marriage greatly. So far, what we know about Isaac is this. Isaac was born to parents Abraham and Sarah when Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90 as we read in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 17. We also see that Isaac was Abraham and Sarah's only son. Ishmael was also born to Abraham, but he was born to Hagar, Sarah's maidservant, as we read in Genesis chapter 16. Sometime, maybe even many years later, we see that... God commanded Abraham to offer his son as a sacrifice to him. We're not sure exactly how old Isaac was at this point, but some believe him to be uh, maybe in his early adulthood even. And we know that by faith, Abraham willingly placed Isaac on an altar and he would have killed him. He would have sacrificed them had God not intervened. Now as we get to the story at hand for today, while they are still mourning the death of his mother, Abraham sends his servant to find a bride for Isaac. The servant brings back Rebekah and they lived happily ever after, right? Or did they? Let's find out. Turn with me to Genesis 24. This is where we begin today. Genesis chapter 24. Beginning with verse 1. Here we read of the sending of the servant. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please, put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. But you shall go to my country and to my family and take a wife, for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to the land from which you came? But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven who took me from my father's house, from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, to your descendants I gave this land. He will send his angel before you. And you shall take a wife 
for my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. I can hear Abraham saying that very emphatically. Verse 9, So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. The servant was given a mission. It's very important that the servant not find a wife from some other land or some other people. Abraham wanted it to be from his family. And so the servant was sent. Now whatever he did or decided regarding his mission, the servant was specifically warned not to take Isaac back to Abraham's home country, the city of Nahor, named after his brother. And this servant, we don't know a lot about the servant. Uh, but one possibility is that the servant is Eliezer, the eldest servant that is born in Abraham's house that he thought would be his heir in Genesis chapter 15. Don't know that to be fact, but it is possible. But for whatever reason, he goes unnamed here in Genesis chapter 24. We see here that the servant prayed for guidance in his mission. Genesis chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, Please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, Please set down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, Drink. And I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant, Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he even finished speaking, Rebecca appeared and offered to bring him and his company, the camels, home with her. She offered them drink as, as he had requested in his prayer. All those things that he had prayed that she would do, she did. The servant asked to bring her back as a bride for Isaac. The family as well as Rebecca herself, agreed that she would go. Then we come to the point where Isaac meets Rebecca for the first time. Upon the servant's return with Rebecca, she could see Isaac in the distance. We read this in verses 62 through 67 of Genesis 24. Now Isaac came from the way of Beer Lahiroi, for he dwelt in the south, and 
Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening and he lifted his eyes and looked and there the camels were coming. Then Rebekah lifted her eyes and when she saw Isaac she dismounted from her camel for she had said to the servant Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? The servant said It is my master. So she took a veil and covered herself. Verse 66, And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. The marriage of Isaac and Rebekah began with a great deal of love. Even though it was an arranged marriage, it didn't matter. That was something very common back then, more common than it is today, at least in our society. But it worked out well, at least from the beginning. We see that, that as he met Rebekah, that this woman that he had never seen before, we're told that Isaac loved her, and that's important to remember. As a matter of fact, they were even seen later, much later, in the first instance of PDA in the Bible, a public display of affection. Genesis 26, verses 8 and 9. Now it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked through a window and saw, and there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah, his wife. Then Abimelech called Isaac and said, Quite obviously she is your wife. So how could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I said, Lest I die on account of her. They have lied to the king for fear of Isaac being killed to free Rebekah to be the wife of another. Does that sound familiar? Abraham and Sarah did the exact same thing. Not once, but twice. We don't know exactly what the king saw through that window. Whatever the king had seen, he was certain that they were not just two brother and sister. He was certain that they were married. Though their marriage began with attraction and a great deal of affection toward one another, at some point their relationship began to sour. As we look at the personalities of Isaac and Rebekah, they appear to be two very different people. For instance, Isaac was a peaceable man, well known in Scripture as a peacemaker. His peacemaking abilities are clearly evidenced in chapter 26 in his dealings with the herdsmen of Gerar. When he was digging again the wells of his father Abraham, he would dig a well and they would come along and say, This is ours! And so he'd move on. Dig another well. This is ours! Until finally they came to a well and, and they didn't try to claim it. They let him have it. 
But we see that, that Isaac wasn't one to cause trouble by any means. Isaac was most definitely a peacemaker. Rebecca, at least as it seems in Scripture, was much more outgoing as is evidenced in her treatment of the servant. She did not yet know and her eagerness to return with him. How many of us would, would find someone that is a, a, a basically a complete stranger, go back with him to be the bride of someone that we hadn't met? Well, obviously that was something, uh, something very interesting about her life. Though she respected the leadership of her husband, she was not afraid to use her influence against his wishes. She went to great lengths to deceive him into blessing Jacob rather than Esau. We see that Rebecca's deception led to the estrangement of one of her sons and the absence of another. And that leads us to our final point in the story. Rebecca deceives her husband. During Rebecca's difficult pregnancy, God had revealed important news to her regarding the children in her womb. In Genesis chapter 25, verses 21 through 26, we read this. Genesis 25, verse 21. Now Isaac pleaded with the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his plea, and Rebekah his wife conceived. But the children struggled together within her. And she said, If all is well, why am I like this? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red. He was like a hairy garment all over. So they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out. And his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. It's interesting that God told Rebecca this news. And even in the New Testament, we see that they were only told that God said this to Rebecca, not to Isaac. In Romans chapter 9, verses 10 through 13. It says, not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to the election might stand, not of works, but of him who called. In verse 12, it was said to her, the older shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. And here we find a, a bit of mystery. Would Isaac have blessed Jacob 
rather than Esau initially. If he had known God's intent for them. We read in Hebrews 11 and verse 20, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And we have to wonder if this was something that was told Rebecca. Did, did she even try to tell Isaac? Is it possible that Rebecca felt unable to share what God had said with him? Those are, are mysteries. Things that we don't quite have the answer to, but I do find them of interest in this story. What we do find is that the lines of communication disintegrated between the two in regard to the blessings given to Jacob and Esau. Rebecca must have felt unable to talk to Isaac about this. And so she plotted against her husband. Genesis 27, beginning with verse 5 and reading through verse 13. Genesis 27 and verse 5. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father speak to, to Esau, your brother, saying, Bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats. And I will make savory food from them for your father, such as he loves. Then you shall take it to your father, that he may eat it, that he may bless you before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Look, Esau my brother is a hairy man. I am a smooth-skinned man. Perhaps my father will feel me. I shall seem to be a deceiver to him. I shall bring a curse on myself, not a blessing. But his mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice. Go get them for me. Despite his doubt, Isaac blessed Jacob as he would have his firstborn. Verses 24 through 27 of chapter 27. Then he said, Are you really my son Esau? He said, I am. He said, Bring it near to me. And I will eat of my son's game so that my soul may bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. And came near and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his clothing and blessed him. 
Why would Rebecca go to such great length to plot against the wishes of her husband? Now we know that the part of the reason is how they treated their children. Rebecca loved Jacob more so than Esau. And Isaac loved Esau more so than Jacob. Maybe it's because of their personalities. Maybe it's because Rebecca could felt like she could talk to Jacob more so than her husband. Maybe she found something in him that she could not find in her marriage. Isaac looked at Esau and, and saw him to be the outdoorsman that, that maybe he wasn't. Whatever the reasons may have been, they chose their favorites. I remember as a preschool teacher before, uh, when I was in high school, we had a class on teaching children. And one of the things that, that our teacher told us, she said, I do have my favorites. Now you're not going to know who they are, because I'm not going to tell you. But I do have my favorites. It's okay to have your favorites, but you don't tell them who they are. And I have a feeling that Esau and Jacob knew who the favorites were among their parents. I think this was part of part of the problem in their marriage. And even after Isaac blessed Jacob, again Re Rebecca makes a plan to, to save the life of Jacob without consulting Isaac, her husband. Verses 41 through 45 of Genesis 27. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Obviously these things weren't just in his heart. Verse 42, In the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to my brother Laban in Haran, and stay with him a few days until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. Why should I be bereaved also of you both in one day? And she also made a plan to have Jacob marry a daughter of her family. Leaving Isaac in the dark regarding her full intent. In verses 46 through chapter 28 and verse 2. And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes a wife of the daughters of Heth, like these who are the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? And Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said to him, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father. Take yourself a wife from there, of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. Little did she know what Rebecca thought would be a short time 
would be the rest of her life. As far as Jacob's absence from her. How sad. How sad that things ended the way that they did. And you have to ponder the question, would it have been different if their marriage had been different? If some aspect of their marriage had been different than what it was, would things have ended as badly as they did? Rebecca's marriage to Isaac, though it began very sweet, ended rather sour. I'm sure that this is something that, that affected them greatly, though we don't read very much about them after these things regarding their sons. I, I imagine that their marriage was very different. And a lack of communication between the two seems to be a likely culprit. Though their personalities were different, that is something that can be overcome by determined spouses. They say the opposites attract, and so that was nothing out of the ordinary. That wasn't what caused the problems in their marriage, though they may have contributed in some way. Did Rebecca feel unable to trust Isaac? Feeling the need instead to go behind his back. I have a feeling it's, it's kind of like children are whenever they, they want a certain answer. Maybe they know which parent to go to. I think Rebecca knew that, that the answer that she would get from Isaac was not the answer that she wanted. And so she felt that she had to plot against them. This caused a great strain in their marriage. And had they just talked to one another, I have a feeling that things would be different. I'm not an expert on marriage. But there are a few things that, that I do know. may not be always the best in putting these into action. But wives need to know that her husband will listen to what she has to say and use her input in his decision making. She needs to know he cares about her feelings and fears. They need to be able to communicate with one another. One of the, the biggest causes of problems within marriages is a lack of communication. Whereas if, if spouses had talked to one another, maybe things would have ended differently. Husbands have a little more trouble expressing their feelings and emotions, but they should never be so private that they are unwilling to share their feelings and emotions with their wives. Talk to one another. There should always be an open line of communication between the two as individuals working together as one. When God instituted marriage, He did so in a very special way. You see, two individuals, two very different people even, can be brought together and they can form the life of one person. 
they share a name with one another. They, they share a life. They live together. They share in this decisions and things of that nature, but they act together as one. I just have a great deal of respect for any husband or wife that is asked to do something Well, I need to ask my, my spouse first. Talking. Talking is very important in a marriage. Not just talking, but listening. Not just hearing, but listening. We husbands, we seem to struggle in that area more so than, than the other. But communication is very important in a marriage. It would have been very important had Isaac and Rebecca been able to communicate with one another. But certainly we see that as an example that it's very important in our marriages even today. A lot of great lessons to be learned in these studies. Now I don't know where you stand today in your relationship with God. I, I don't know if you're a faithful child of God or not. Maybe you need to obey the gospel. Maybe you need to come and repentance, confession of Christ, faith in Him, baptism for the remission of sins. If that's your need, then we'll be glad to help you take care of that in your life. Maybe you need to come back. Maybe you've become a child of God, but you've fallen by the wayside, turned back to the ways of the world. And if you need to rededicate your life to Him, ask for prayer or forgiveness for something that you've done. If there's some way that we can help you today, we offer you the opportunity to come. See how the way stand, guys.